The first lesson. The angel Gabriel visits the Blessed Virgin Mary. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Hail, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. Mary said to the angel, How can this be? I am a virgin. The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy, the Son of God. Then Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of God. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. second lesson, the nativity of our Lord as recorded by Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. 
Her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as, as he considered this, behold, an angel of God appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of God, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what God had spoken through the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. lesson, the shepherds go to Bethlehem to see the Christ child. In that region, there were shepherds out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of God stood before them, and the glory of the one shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Christ, the Messiah. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among all who, with whom God is pleased. Then the angels had left them and gone into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which God has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw this, 
they made known the saying which they had been told them, told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. fourth lesson, John unfolds the mystery of the Incarnation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of all. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. John came for testimony to bear witness to the light that all might believe through him. John was not the light, but came to bear witness to the light. The true light that enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own home, and his own people received him not. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, 
who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of humanity, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. We have beheld his glory, glory as of God's holy Son. The hail cannons were sounding on the edge of town, and the sky began flashing in turn. A thundercloud unfurled itself toward us, and fat raindrops fell, sharp and hard. We were still playing in the field when old Pogo the pony quietly took shelter. Racing across the corrugated earth, we made it to the shed just as pebbles of ice began ricocheting off its arched steel structure. The boys stood under the eaves, deciding whether there was enough time to run to the yard to get the dogs into the house. Craig and Clint were in middle and high school, and the animals were their responsibility. As thunder boomed in the distance, 30 seconds, 20 seconds, 10 seconds apart, Craig told us to stay in the shed as Clint sprinted to the gate. The shed was the safest place to be. The lightning rod would protect us. Just as Craig began pulling the great doors closed, Clint reappeared. He made it even if sopping wet, and the dogs were now in. With all of us together, the storm almost became comforting. We climbed up the ladder to the hayloft as the sounds of the heavens enveloped us, the place that had once been our sweetest escape from chores became our cocoon in the dark. The ancients believed a person's geographic origins revealed a lot about them. The air, the land, the water, the celestial storms were ingredients that formed their character, like yeast makes dough rise. For better or worse, this often led to stereotypes. Writing in the first century BCE, the philosopher Cicero observes that the Carthaginians are fraudulent and liars 
because their ports are visited by too many merchants. The companions are so arrogant because of the fertility and beauty of their land. And the Ligurians are hard and wild like all people who struggle to make mountain soil productive. To tell a person where you were from was not only to share something about your history or your family, but it was to reveal what kind of person you were. What does it mean, I wonder, to be born in a land of storms? For Jesus of Nazareth, his hometown wasn't a great city. It was barely a hamlet. Notoriety didn't come from being born of its soil. There were no great resources, no great education to ensure the wisdom of its youth. And Bethlehem wasn't much grander. In the Hebrew Bible, it was Jerusalem that was known as the city of David, not Bethlehem. Yet it was under this peace of heaven, that the long-awaited one was born. Perhaps the gospel writers were giving voice to local lore when they decided to sprinkle Bethlehem with a little extra magic that night. Maybe they were simply letting it be known what the people of the town already knew, that she had long been the birthplace of kings. Maybe they worried we'd have trouble believing otherwise. Trouble believing one so anointed could be born in our humble midst. One of my favorite readings often given tonight is from the prophet Isaiah. It's set in a time not unlike our own. War is brewing in more than one part of the world, and Judah has been resisting pressure to join a coalition against a great power. The northern kingdom believes they will be at great risk if Judah doesn't join them. But still, they decide not to take up arms. At news of this, Judah's allies grow hostile and move forces against them. The king of Judah is afraid. The people are afraid. And Isaiah speaks to them words of comfort, a promise of peace. Three times he offers them a vision of light in the storm. Three times this light is the birth of a child, until finally we hear the now familiar words. The people that have walked in darkness have seen a brilliant light. On those who dwelt in a land of gloom, light has dawned. For a child has been born to us, a son has been given, and authority is set on his shoulders. He has been named the mighty God is planning grace, the eternal creator, a peaceable ruler. 
in token of abundant authority and of peace without limit upon David's throne and kingdom, that it may be firmly established in justice and in equity now and evermore. It's a vision rooted in the belief that the creating God creates still. In the darkest night, in the greatest storm, in the biggest turmoil, in the days of Isaiah, in the time of Mary and Joseph, in this moment now. In the beginning, John says, was God with us from the start of creation. When we think we're alone, when the world is crashing down, this night we are reminded of our human story. It's always been in the midst of chaos that light was born in the world. The prophets foretold it, the angels believed, that the weary world would unfurl its wings and sing back the ancient song of peace. Sitting atop the hayloft, nestled in bales kept for pogo, when the sounds of the heavens enveloped us, brothers, still children themselves, made us feel safe in a manger. What does the land of storms create? Children who know how to find safety in the storm and who gather others in the light of their peace. So, light-bearing ones, on this night when Christ is born, sing boldly, flicker brightly, Merry Christmas. Amen.
go forth wrapped in the peace of light. Go boldly, flicker brightly, Merry Christmas, and may the grace of God, the peace of Christ, and the power of the Spirit be with those who work or watch or weep this night. May God tend the sick, give rest to the weary, bless the dying, soothe the suffering, and shield the joyous. Amen. Silent night.